0: Rocky Mike Wright, a podcast about podcasting brought to you by CarlyNimmo.com and Radcaster's Podcasting School, where you can learn to podcast like a pro from a pro. All right, let's go. The number one question I get when it comes up in a conversation that I'm a podcaster is, how do you make money? Podcasting. And it's a legitimate question Because I've thrown it into the conversation as what I do, and that generally means what I do for a living. So it's understandable that that question comes up but it's also the number one question that I see come up for a lot of podcasters and it can cause doubt in their mind, particularly when they've started their show from a place of passion and then it's not really paying off because podcasting can be a lot of work and it requires you to show up consistently. And what if you're not seeing a return on your investment, right? It's it's a natural point that we get to where we start to question what we're doing. So today I want to talk about how all the different ways that we can monetize a podcast, and a lot of them I've done myself, so I'll share some personal stories around that. I guess where I want to start is like, how do you make money from a podcast? Well, the general podcaster doesn't necessarily, not directly anyway. We can make a few bucks here and there through sponsorship, but it's really through indirect ways that we can see a a return on our investment. The only people really making money as podcasters are people who are working in a, you know, for a big broadcaster or a large organization creating content as, you know, for that organization. So, for example, here in Australia, broadcasters like the ABC or networks like Mamma Mia, and in the States, NPR or Gimlet, those kind of places do have jobs for people who are creating podcasts. But generally, those jobs are quite limited. It's not like the you do all the things that you do when you're a podcaster, like an indie podcaster we handle pretty much everything, right? Like sometimes we may outsource editing or show notes written, or we have a VA who helps us to upload episode to our host. Maybe we have someone help us with our marketing, but generally it's a one person show, maybe a two person show if you're a co-host, but you get what I'm saying, right? Where in a broadcasting sense, It's a whole team that works on the show. So there is a producer and there's often a writer and there's often someone who handles the organising the interviews and there's someone who produces and edits and there's a marketing team and there's all these different elements where for us indies, we're often doing all of that ourselves. So what you would find in a job for podcasting is you'd be doing one element generally of the show. So that's really the only people who are making money or not the only people, but the only people who are making money from working in podcasting. The other way, I guess, that seems to be the pinnacle of success as a podcaster is sponsorship. I actually think it's quite a flawed and misunderstood form of monetization, and really because the rates are quite pathetic. and They're not Concrete, right? Like there's always room to negotiate, but industry standards for podcast sponsorship are pretty pathetic. You're looking at around, it depends on whether it's pre roll, mid roll, or end roll, but you're looking at somewhere between kind of 10 and maybe 30 bucks a spot per 1,000 downloads. When we come back to what podcasting, what the average podcaster is kind of getting in terms of downloads, and if you want, Solid information around this, I highly recommend going to check out a podcast that my dear friend who I've mentioned before, Elsie Escobar, co-hosts with Rob from Libsyn, and it's called The Feed. They go through and regularly update these stats. But to give you a rough idea, if you're in the top, you're kind of in the top 50% of podcasters, if you're getting 150 downloads per episode after 30 days, do the math, right? 150 downloads per episode is what most podcasters are getting in the first 30 days of release, which is the bulk of what we're going to get. So if you're wanting to make like 10 to $30 per thousand downloads, that's going to be a fuck ton of work <laughs> for you to get your downloads up just to the thousand mark. That's a feat in itself and requires a lot of work and a lot of promotion to get to that point and you'll still only make 10 to 30 bucks. When you are looking at like some of the top 1% of podcasters, they can be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in sponsorship, but that is 1% of podcasters. 99% of us are not making anything or are making not directly So what I want to talk about today is more around how to make money indirectly from your podcast. And this is something that I have experimented with (laughs) for the past five years, not only with myself, but with my clients. But I'm going to talk mostly about some of the experiences and some of the ways that I've monetized and have made podcasting sustainable for me. And this is, this is indirect, Right. So there's no like clear path of like this exists purely because I have a podcast, but it is a big part of it. It's definitely a big part of the way me being a podcaster has definitely led to a lot of these things being possible that wouldn't have been possible before. So the first one is selling products and services. And I've done a lot of this over the years in various different ways. So I'm just going to rattle off a few and see if there's anything here that kind of speaks to you. So books, this could be an ebook or a published book, or for me, it was actually an audiobook. I wrote a memoir over a couple of years. It was like the most grueling experience, <laughs> but, and I was procrastinating. I procrastinated for like a year and a half to two years on even like getting this thing published. And eventually I decided that, I would just produce it as an audiobook. It made so much sense to me and all of the hurdles kind of dropped out of the way. I had no idea how to publish, but I did know how to record and I did know how to set up something like a private podcast for people to listen to. And I will cover this in a future episode because I think it's something that um, we'll see more of. And I think I'm hoping there'll be some money coming into the space to make this a little easier, but that's one way, right? Like creating a book. For me, it was an audio book and I sold it kind of as a private podcast and that worked quite well. So that's one way. Obviously, with that, there are limitations, right? Like a book is going to be relatively low cost, so you'd need high volume to make it worthwhile, maybe. But for me, I just wanted to write a book. So it made sense and I made my money back in a little bit of extra cash and that was great. So a book can be one way. It can also help you to establish yourself as an expert in your field too. So it has, it has more than one positive other than like just self-expression, but also as a further marketing tool and another way to solidify your uh, status, I guess, as a, an expert in your field. So there's book. The other way that I have monetized successfully is through hosting retreats. And these are really direct, not directly, but as directly as indirect as it can be. (laughs) That made no sense, but you know what I'm saying? Indirectly, but kind of directly. My audience ask me every now and then, hey, when are you running your next retreat? And then I go and create one and it sells out. They're always a sellout and they're always amazing and it's a good way for me to monetize indirectly from my podcast. My audience are asking me for it. And this is a key here. Have a think about what you're being asked for by your audience and then create things that kind of fit both, that you feel like you want to create but also that your audience are asking for. And that comes down to having conversations with them too, right? But this is definitely something that has been indirectly directly from my podcast is the sellout retreats. And we can also do that with events. So events are a really great way to monetize a podcast. They can be a lot of work too. All of this stuff can be a lot of work, but you know, most of the stuff that actually works is a lot of work. I mean, if you're podcasting, you know that it is, it can be a lot of work, but it can be really rewarding too. So events are a great way to connect with your audience too, but often you can use a podcast to kind of promote your event. So I'm going over, or I will have been by the time this airs, I will have been to She Podcasts. Perfect example of podcasters, Jess and Elsie, who have been doing their show for like four years now and monetize in similar ways to what I do through coaching and programs and now an event. And the success of their event is based purely on the fact that they have built a community around a podcast, She Podcasts. So if you're listening to this, you really need to be listening to that too. It's a fantastic podcast about podcasting. Jess and Elsie have a great rapport. It's really fun and they're at the forefront of what's happening tech-wise in the industry too. So there's often news and tips and all kinds of stuff so it's definitely a must listen but that that has been a great way for them to monetize but it's taken them like four years to get to that point right this is the one thing that I'll keep saying again and again and again this is not a sprint it's often about showing up sharing your truth and allowing yourself to build these relationships with your audience that then eventually you can monetize and have it be sustainable so events that's another way we can monetize. Another way that I've monetized is through online courses. And I've done a few online courses over the years. Uh, one of them, obviously, Radcasters, which was indirectly, thanks to me being a podcaster, that I created an po- a online course around podcasting. Made sense because I had all the skills, was a voiceover artist, knew all about audio, but also had just launched my own show and had massive success with that. So, It was a natural progression for me to create a course around that, and it was something that people were asking me for, so I created it. And It's not the only course that I've done. I also had an online audio course that I did called Find Your Freak, and it was also hugely successful. It was a month-long kind of course, and each day I would release an episode that was between kind of a couple of minutes long to 10 minutes long. And I released one for every day of that month. And it was a private podcast, which again, I'll cover in a future episode. Uh, but it was, you know, it was greatly received and an easy way for me to monetize that was indirectly due to me being a podcaster. It made sense that I was creating an audio course. It was around content, Find Your Freak, it was called, and it was around content that I talk about regularly in my podcast, so it was a natural progression. So that was another way that I monetized. I tried my hand at memberships, which is something that people tend to prescribe as an easy fix, and I don't believe it is. Having run my own membership, I very much understand that the first thing we need to think about when it comes to memberships is have we got an audience there? Because the key with a membership is that yes, it might seem like an easy sell because it's a low cost solution that's 20 bucks a month or whatever. So it seems like it would be an easier sell. But the one thing people don't think about is that if you don't have a huge audience, it's going to take a while for your membership to gain momentum, the same way a podcast would, but the same way anything we create does. But it means that you've locked yourself into constant creation for a, an indeterminate, is that even a word? In Like a indeterminate, no, that's not the word. What is the word? For an Unforeseen amount of time, indeterminate. That's a word, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, you know what I mean, like ongoing basis for probably not a great return for a really long time. I found memberships to be the hardest thing I've ever had to sell. In fact, I sold it off the back of Radcasters and then I opened it up. Um, The thing about memberships is, like, number one, you need to make sure that you've got enough people. And we know that general conversion rates from email lists are around 1% to 3%. So if you've got thousands and thousands of people on your email list or on your socials and they're engaged and they're waiting for something from you, then yeah, you may have really great success in mem- in the membership space. And I do have friends that that is their entire income and they make a really good living from that. And it's great because it's regular consistent income but then you also have things to consider like people do leave how are you getting more people into the funnel to feed them into the membership it's not an easy fix that it's generally sold to be it can be really hard and uh and very soul destroying <laughs> from my own experience it wasn't a great uh it wasn't a great experience and after i think about 18 months i let mine go If you go in with your eyes open and you have and you're willing to stick with it long term, it can be a really great model. It's just not the easy sell that it's kind of sold to be. Oh, and then of course, I have coaching, um, which is, or consulting. Coaching, consulting, those kind of things can be a great lead on from, you know, and your general products and services. They're all things that can be indirectly monetized via your podcast through letting people know that you have those services available. So that's, I guess, like the bulk of the stuff that I've tried out. Other things that I've done is public speaking. So I get paid to speak. That would not have happened if I wasn't a podcaster because a lot of the speaking that I do is around podcasting. And the other way I monetize is through podcast production, like being a professional in this space. I am a coach. I run a mastermind for podcasters. I run a program to to get people started podcasting. I do podcast reviews and I also uh, work as a podcast producer for large corporates government organizations and universities things like that so so I have like the podcast professional hat- on too. I tried monetizing through editing services because I'm a voiceover agency. I have an editor. And we could have done editing, and we did for a while, but I just found it to be way too much time for very little return, so we dropped those services too. But a lot of people make decent money doing podcast production kind of style related services, so that's another way. There is one other thing that I haven't mentioned that is a way to monetize that I feel like is often sold as an easy sell like the memberships but isn't necessarily, and that is Patreon. So there are a small percentage of people who make a really good income through Patreon. Uh, Not necessarily podcasters, but a, a great example of someone that I support in that space is Amanda Palmer. She has created, and she's a great example of what it takes to build a community and how involved she is with her community, how accessible she is to them. So her Patreon works. For me, it didn't really work. It worked initially, but I just didn't have the time and energy. And I really hate locking myself into those kind of things long term. It's very uninspiring for me. And I feel like I'm promising and then I feel like I've got to deliver. It just doesn't have a good energy for me. But some people make it work. Mo- the majority of us, Patreon doesn't work for, but it is there as an option. It's kind of like a crowdfunding with a monthly payment, if that makes sense. Which brings me to the last couple of things, the last couple of ways that I can think of right now, (laughs) I'm sure there are more, to monetize a podcast. One of them is through crowdfunding. And one of my clients, Ellen Ronalds-Kean, Keane, is a podcast producer, so she makes money editing and doing all the post-production services. And she also has a podcast called teacher well-being. Her business is self-care for teachers. And she recently monetized through crowdfunding her series. It worked really well because she has an engaged audience and they did want to throw a few bucks at her to help her produce the next series. I'll actually get her on to have a chat about it but it was a really great way for her to get some income coming in to help her produce that series and it made her I guess it put fire under her butt because she then had to go about creating the series which she would have done anyway but it was like I don't know it just felt like that she was receiving something for all the hard work that she'd been putting in for four seasons prior to that. So crowdfunding again none of these things are easy they're going to take getting out of your comfort zone and being prepared to promote yourself and I think that's the key with any of this stuff whether it comes to a podcast or all the various ways we can monetize, including crowdfunding and patreon and memberships and online courses and books it's still going to come down to us sharing that we have this stuff available. So you have to get intimate with all of those uncomfortable feelings about promoting yourself because it's the only way we're really going to have success. So crowdfunding is one way uh, the other uh, the other way I've seen not necessarily work very well, but it is there and it can be, it could work, and that is donations. So having a link on your website with a PayPal button that people can donate to. Beyond all of those, the last thing I want to mention is merch. So merchandise related to your show, t-shirts, cups, I've tried this as well. It's again, one of those things that is great if you're willing to promote it. Things only sell while you're generally promoting them. I have, you know, for example, if I have, and I've, I've seen this happen over and over again with my own stuff, create the audiobook. while I'm in promotion, it's going really great. When I drop off, people don't know it exists, so they don't buy it. You might get the odd sale from someone discovering your website, making their way through, or they might hear an old episode and find it that way. But generally, if you're not promoting something, it's not selling. So this is something to keep in mind through the indirect ways is you want to choose things that you, you don't want to have so many options that people are overwhelmed and don't know what to buy from you. So keep it simple. Keep it things that that your audience want and make it easy for them to buy from you. And that is how we monetize a podcast. There are literally so many ways, an infinite amount of ways, and I know I haven't covered them all here, but I'll just give you a quick recap, right? How we make money as a podcaster. Number one, we can work in the industry in a job, right? Number two, sponsorship. But as we've heard, it can be a bit hit and miss, and it's pretty much 1% of people, 1% of podcasters who are making decent coin doing that. So what are the other ways we can monetize? Using crowdfunding options, perhaps if we have an engaged audience or Patreon or taking donations, we can sell merchandise, things related to our show, whether that is mugs or t-shirts or hats or just merch in general. We can sell our own products and services, whether they be consulting, coaching, books, ebooks, published books, audiobooks, events, retreats, online courses, audio courses, as I have, memberships, Public speaking. We can the last thing that I want to mention that I, I haven't talked about yet, but I am seeing happen more and more and more is partnerships. So this lives outside of the scope of the of the sponsorship. It's actually a partnership. So what I'm seeing happening at the moment through some of my clients who have super niche shows and they got into it just for the love of podcasting. And then try to kind of find ways to monetize. What I'm seeing now is a lot, there's a lot of money heading into this space and there's a lot of large organizations who want to get into podcasting and the way they would usually do that is through working with someone like me. So I go through, I will craft the show with them. I will help them find talent sometimes, depends on the kind of arrangement that we have. I produce the show, I'll sit on the interviews with them. I will, we edit, we help them with the artwork, we help them with marketing plans. We basically do everything for them other than the the creative stuff that we kind of need to collaborate on. So that is one way that I monetize being a podcaster is through those kind of services with large corporates. But what I'm seeing is interest from these guys in the niche space. So when we talked about sponsorship right at the very beginning, one thing that I didn't really cover so much is that, yes, there are pathetic industry standards for the amount of money that you can make, and they're like 10 to $30 per thousand downloads. That is an industry standard, and it isn't necessarily as much as you can make. If you have the right niche and you have the right partnership, then you can charge a lot more than that. But what I'm seeing is and what I'm getting the sense that this could be something to explore in the future is that instead of these guys, these large corporates, universities, government organizations engaging with someone like me to help them produce a show, they can engage with someone like you who may have a really super niched show and it's in alignment with something that they want to produce. And so finding a way to work together can be a great way to save them some money. Working with someone like me, sending it to you, you make money from making, from producing the show in collaboration with them. Now, it may mean that you lose a little creative license and essentially maybe have bought yourself a bit of a job. But it is a great way for you to take something that may be sitting there that you're wondering how you would monetize, looking around for ways that you may be able to partner with brands to bring some branded content and This is a space that I do see a lot more interest in these days so if you're if you've got a super niche show, it could be or just for anyone really, like having a look at where partnerships potential partnerships, whether they're sponsorship or otherwise. Where there's, where there's ways that you could come together to benefit both of you. So that's really it. That is like a million and one ways to make money from a podcast that aren't directly from you producing a show. If there was something in this episode that really resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. You can hit me up via my website at Carlynimo.com or leave me a review on iTunes. This is Rocky Mike Wright. I'm Carly Nimmo. Until next week, peace out. Carly Nimmo signing off. Bye-bye now.